is Your Working Life, a show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach. And on today's show, I am delighted to welcome my special guest, Elizabeth. We have a brand new format tonight. We're going to do some real-time career coaching. I'm live with Elizabeth in the studio, and we're going to have a conversation that we believe can help millions of other people listening around the world. Elizabeth is an extraordinary young media professional. She's in her mid-20s, and she's eager to go from that entry-level job she earned right out of university to a leadership role on that next step in her career. So Elizabeth, welcome. I'm glad you're with me tonight. Thank you for having me. So let's talk. Where are you right now? Are you excited? Are you frustrated? Are you nervous? All of the above? All of the above. Frustration is the one that's kind of hitting home today. I've I've been looking for jobs for like nine months. And so I think that's where the frustration is coming in. I've I'm in this weird middle ground of I've had a lot of interviews. I've become finalists in certain areas, but I haven't gotten it. I've gotten really good feedback from people, um, and I, I am ready for that next challenge. So that's where the frustration is coming is I'm coming so close. So I know I'm qualified. People are interested. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not making it all the way. Okay, So, but you know you're in that short list, which is incredibly yeah. important. So I want to boost your confidence and empower you to know that you are on a very short list in an extremely competitive market. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about confidence. Do you ever feel like, hmm, am I ready for this role? It's the permission paradox of should I throw my hat in the ring? Am I, am I qualified enough? Is that ever something that crosses your mind? Oh, all the time. I mean... And that's the thing I've learned. I've applied for a lot of jobs, talked to a lot of people in the last nine months. Uh, One job that I'm still in the running for, when I applied, I thought, I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. I'm not going to get a call. Because it was a manager role. It's managing a team of people who have been doing it for a while. And, of course, I Googled the team, and they were my age or older. And so I thought, they're not going to pick me. And I still have that confidence issue now, even after I've had a first-round interview of – I would be leading this team. Yeah. And I've never done that before. And they asked that a lot in the interview. And I tried to bring up leadership experiences I've had mm-hmm. where it wasn't technically on paper, but just how it, how it happened. But yeah. And I think a big part is I started seriously job searching nine months ago because I was ready. Yeah. Not yeah. because, or I wasn't looking. I was very content in my personal life and my professional life. So I didn't look at job boards. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was out there. And so I could have missed opportunities that might have been right. Um, And I think that's a big lesson I've learned is I wasn't looking constantly. So let me stop you. So what I'm hearing, I want to (laughs) synthesize this for our audience because this is really good stuff. And again, I'm thrilled that you are a professional in your mid-20s. This applies to everybody, no matter where they are on their career path or how old or young they are. We often wait to be perfectly ready for the job. Mm-hmm. I believe as a coach, and I've been doing this for 16 years now, Elizabeth, that we always need to be looking. <laughs> Even if you love your current job, always be ready to take that phone call and put yourself out there because we need to be in control of our own career destinies and be available to at least have that conversation. Let me say secondly, I'm really impressed that you are nailing these interviews and networking so beautifully. The fact that you're getting these callbacks and the second and third interviews and you are one of two candidates for a final slot, that says a lot. So you've grown. 
I want you to be able to look in the mirror and own that self-confidence and say, I have great value in this job market. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. This is a multi-generational workforce. We have five generations in the workforce now. God love our baby boomers. They haven't all retired, right? A lot of them are still working, and that's just a reality. People work longer. uh, They're living longer, healthier lives. So the workforce is very broad as far as age ranges. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon for younger people to be supervising older people. You've got this. You can do this. And the most important part of supervising is earning the trust of the people with whom you work. So I want you to trust that you've got all of these skills in place and you're smart. So sell your potential. Well, I mean, how would you do that? So the one the one interview I had for the manager role and the 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 host of the show that I would be working on is probably in his 50s or 60s. Yeah. Um, and that intimidates me. Yeah. He's, and he's also worked with this program for a long time. Um, and they ask questions about it. And, right. And that is intimidating to me if I move farther in this process and, you know, hopefully go get to visit and see the, the office in action. But, you know, how do you, how do I come it's, in? It's and a say? great question. So I'm going to role play with myself <laughs> yeah. and tell you what I would do. Right. So this this gentleman in his 50s who's seasoned and, and mm-hmm. um, admittedly an expert in his field, I would approach him with that kind of humility to say, I can learn so much from you mm-hmm. and I want to meet you halfway and support you and help you in every way. I expect to learn from you. And I hope there are things that I can introduce to you because you just have exposure to different um, innovative techniques, perhaps technology that he may or may not have been exposed to. So I think it's that openness to say, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to go to a place that is inappropriate. I mm-hmm. want to meet you halfway and and know that I can learn from you. You know, there is a new philosophy out there in leadership right now, and I think it's really brilliant. It's about being a coach and being someone who supports as opposed to being a supervisor. I think mm-hmm. this supervisor term is really antiquated. You know, this gentleman in his 50s is smart. He's been doing this for a long time. He's really good at it. He doesn't need supervision. Mm-hmm. He needs a partner. And that's what you do. You come to the table as a partner and you give him um, real clarity of expectations to say, I fully expect to learn from you. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, because that's the thing that was super intimidating to me is, yeah, how do I be someone else's boss? I've spent the last four years being being someone else's minion, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think the term earned is really important. Mm -hmm. So I would level the playing field when you meet him for the first time. And it might be that he's in the interview process and say, You are at the top of your game. I get that. Mm -hmm. I also understand the hierarchy and the structure of this organization. So, yes, technically, you might be someone uh, that reports to me on a team that I lead. But it's really important to know that I value you. Mm -hmm. I am honored to be working with you. And if you say that with authenticity, excuse me, and clarity, I think he'll really appreciate it. Because, frankly, he's really good at what he does. Right. That's smart. That's smart. Let's talk a little bit about networking, Elizabeth, because you have been uh, extraordinary in that you've come out of your comfort zone. Earlier, Mm -hmm. you told me, you know, I'm not just applying to job boards. And I am of the mind, my experience over the years has told me that the majority of of opportunities that are earned are not because you applied to a job board. It should be 10% of what you do, but building those personal relationships You might start them digitally. Perhaps you meet someone via LinkedIn, or it's a connection that someone made for you. 
people hire who they know mm -hmm. and who they trust. And the more you can work on making those digital connections personal and um, whether it's by phone or uh, even Skype, so you've got eye contact, or in person if geography allows, that's going to be a game changer for you. Yeah, that, and I've gotten really good advice on that. And so something I've been doing is, you know, I've gone through phases of I'm going to go live in New York. So I'm going to talk to everyone I know who knows someone who works in media in New York. Um, and so I'll schedule phone calls and people are very gracious and they do it. And I think the thing I struggle a lot, too, is what do I say in these phone calls yeah. to stick out because maybe they don't have a job open now, but maybe they will in a few months. Um, you know, I did some freelance work for a huge company in New York and asked after the contract went through, like, oh, I'm super curious about what your job is like. Could I talk to you? Um, and the woman told me, just send your send your resume. Can't guarantee anything, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that phone call was at least fruitful. She gave mm -hmm. me an action item. But in other instances, sometimes it feels like, what am I saying to stick out so you even remember me? Or am I just 10 minutes that you took on your lunch break? So a few thoughts. Not every networking connection is going to be fruitful, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You have to do enough of them that some of them yield a relationship. So it's really important to, to learn about that person. So the first thing I always ask is, tell me about you and how you got to this role. Tell mm -hmm. me about your career progression and your brand and how you got recognized. Perhaps you were promoted or you were rec recruited to this role. So really get into the nitty gritty. And with all due uh, respect to whoever you're speaking with, people love to talk about themselves, right? <laughs> it, it makes them feel good that you're genuinely interested. Mm -hmm. And then it, it's kind of the old fundraising adage. You ask someone for advice and they give you money. You ask them for money and they give you advice. So really, you're asking them for advice. And the hope is that they will take on that mentor role and take on that coach role and share some ideas with you. But here's the secret weapon, Elizabeth, and I'll tell you, this is a game changer. And it, and it came to me from a very dear mentor. He told me, always level the playing field by ending that conversation with, how can I help you? Mm. Right? So here's this, in some cases, older, wiser, seasoned professional. You're the young professional coming to them looking for wisdom, looking for information. And if you say, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I want to reciprocate. I'm so grateful. The offer is brilliant and it is worth its weight in gold and it really shows them that you are a well-meaning networker and it's not just all about you that's super that's super interesting and then on the other side of the coin with networking when I'm applying for jobs because one thing I've been told is you know obviously we hire people we know but sometimes we post things right and so then the game is how do I stick out from the rest of the pack yeah um and then it becomes, who knows someone here? Who knows someone here? Who yeah, someone you here? mine the network. Absolutely. Yeah. So so let's talk about that. So this is a digital world, mm -hmm. and they are going to check you out. They're going to do that professional stalking. I know you have an extraordinary website that shows mm -hmm. the body of your work. I would also encourage you to be on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and use that and have that URL for your website on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, and, and I, I don't work for LinkedIn, I will just tell you <laughs> that they have over 500 million members. That's a hell of a network. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. And it is such a searchable engine. And it is purely a professional networking site. So talent is being um, 
mined and sourced in such an efficient way that I would tell you it's also a great job search engine. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the other websites that feature jobs are now being pulled and aggregated so LinkedIn can be a one-stop shop. As far as distinguishing yourself with your personal brand, you need to establish what's your superpower, what makes you different, what makes you unique in a very competitive market. And I believe you have those qualities. You just need to have the confidence to be able to say them out loud. One thing I'm dreading for when fingers crossed I get a job offer is the negotiating. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) well, first call me. (laughs) Yeah. I love to negotiate. Like I said, this has been my first job out of college and I've moved my way through this organization. So... You know, it hasn't been as daunting as someone knew, mm-hmm. but my dad was sitting next to me and I was 22, you know, I yeah. mean, different scenario. Um, it's yeah. different. And so that's something I do worry about because I've, I've noticed over the years that I probably have undersold myself as I've gotten promotions or things like that. And so, really well, I'm proud to... of you for thinking about it now yeah. because you need to anticipate this. So I definitely need the pep talk mm-hmm. and the confidence. <laughs> so the rule is always negotiate. You have mm-hmm. nothing to lose and you'll never get it if you don't ask. And, and what you need to remember There are many variables to negotiation. Mm -hmm. Yes, salary is certainly one of them. And I would always encourage people to negotiate. So, for example, uh, there was a fabulous article in Fast Company the other day that referred to the classic 3% raise that some organizations Mm -hmm. do. Some are even less, depending Mm -hmm. upon their budget. That doesn't even cover cost of living and inflation. So if you're not asking for a raise with that starting salary, you're cutting yourself short over the long-term career trajectory and your earning power. And here's where I'm going to get gender specific. Men ask. They're really great at asking. And gentlemen, I applaud you. Women need to learn from you (laughs) and have a little more chutzpah to ask. And the worst thing that can happen is that you don't get it. You still have the offer. You're not going to compromise the offer. But if you're looking for a salary increase, you need to do your research. It's not just about, I want this. Here's why I deserve it. So I would go to several resources. Some of my favorites are glassdoor.com, salary.com. And the federal government, Department of Labor, actually has a terrific website that shows salary for particular career fields that is geographic specific. Because the same gig you apply for mm-hmm. in Minneapolis is going to pay differently than it will in Los Angeles. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Is I, I'm looking in a lot of larger cities and living in the Midwest now. It's different. Yeah. You need to really have that cost differential. And salary.com even has a geographic calculator to mm-hmm. say just for simple math, right? So let's say you're earning a very simple math, $100, right, for, mm-hmm. for job A. That will go so far in New York City. How far will that go in Minneapolis? Mm -hmm. probably farther because the cost of living is different. So you need to be well-educated and bring that into play in the Mm -hmm. conversation of salary. So, I mean, I need basic help. (laughs) It's okay. What's the conversation like? They call and they say, here's the offer. Here's what you, you know, you take a day or two. Right. So part of it is stalling technique. So let's, let's work on just starting the continuum. So Elizabeth, congratulations. Mm -hmm. We'd like to offer you this wonderful job. And you say, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Please share the specifics in writing so I can take my time to really go through this thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. Because if they give you a verbal offer, it's not valid. You need something in writing. An email counts as writing. And I would also, if it comes with with benefits, for example, health care and retirement, I want to review all of those. Mm -hmm. So show your enthusiasm, number one. Then you buy your time. So let's say they call you on a Wednesday. 
I would say, Jane Doe, thank you so much for this opportunity. I would like a few days to think about it. I'll get back to you by close of business on Friday. Mm -hmm. You set your timeline and then you hunker down that night and you do the research and run the numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. what is your expectation? What can you live on? Uh, Maybe you're dealing with student loans. Maybe you're wanting to invest. Maybe you're wanting to save to buy uh, a house or a condo. You know, whatever your particular Mm -hmm. financial scenario is, do the numbers, run the Mm -hmm. math so you know exactly what you're getting into. And again, are you in Indianapolis or are you in Los Angeles, right? Those things matter. And then you come back to the table and say, Jane, I'm so excited about this offer. I've done my research. And based on the U.S. Department of Labor figures, salary.com, so you give them factual resources, I believe that I should be earning, based on my credentials and my experience, X, mm-hmm. and you counteroffer. And then, Elizabeth, you're silent. And that is the hardest thing. That's so hard. <laughs> we always over-talk. Right. And I can tell you, because I'm an extrovert, and mm-hmm. it's hard to shut me up. So you can do this via email, or you can do it by phone. You can do it in person if you have the luxury of the geography. But it's okay to just say, here's what I would like to offer as a counter. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're mute, Mm-hmm. And you wait and see. Now, typically, Jane is not going to be able to respond on the fly. She's going to have to go back to her colleagues mm-hmm. and say, okay, Elizabeth's countering. What can we do? How mm-hmm. could we make this happen? She's going to talk to her people, and then she'll get back with you. It's almost like uh, when you when you make a bid on a house or a condo mm-hmm. and you're buying a property, there's a back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you need to expect that delay. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember the... When I first started this job, it was on the phone. Yeah. I said immediately, my dad was like, give them this number. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do that. <laughs> and, and I understand because some organizations, and, and I uh, have a lot of experience in the nonprofit sector, and yeah. they are notorious for, for not having more. Right. So there are other things that you can negotiate, right? It might be flexibility. It might be vacation time. Heck, it could be or parking. Moving, or moving Right, costs. or moving expenses, yeah. relocation. It could be what I call tech toys, right? Mm-hmm. Are they going to set you up with mm-hmm. a laptop or a brand new phone? Or are they going to pay part of your cell phone package? There are lots of things that are negotiable. I also encourage you to ask for professional development funding, right? Are you going to be able to go to conferences or maybe do some training Mm -hmm. uh, with different programs that are important to you? It could even be for audiobooks that you Mm -hmm. listen to that are are in your field. So there are other things beyond salary. So always have that in your back pocket. What do I need? That's smart. (laughs) That's so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think about that stuff all the time. And the salary line comes from one particular bucket. Right. All of those other amenities are a lot more flexible. Mm -hmm. So quite often, if they can't meet you where you want to be salary-wise, they can sweeten the offer with the other things Mm -hmm. that are very, very meaningful to you. Right. I know. I think even... Because I'm looking to move, that moving expenses absolutely, would be like, <laughs> yeah, and and you need to know crucial. the standard relocation because right. they might lowball you. And right. again, keep in mind. And here's where we we need to really think like the recruiter or like the HR professional. Their job is to be really savvy, business smart people. Mm-hmm. So they want the best talent. They want Elizabeth because she is a rock star, but they want her for the least amount of money mm-hmm. because that's a really smart financial move. So it's not personal. Right. It's not personal. You know, you you are the best candidate on the planet, but they mm-hmm. want to get you for the least amount of money. And I think that's I don't know. Like you you mentioned earlier the gender thing. I think it's totally coming off as 
not wanting to come off as crass. And right. Just give me what right. I deserve and, and things like that. I, I've talked to a lot of men over the years who who almost look at it as a sport. You know, well, what the sure. heck? I have nothing to lose. Let's play the game. Let's see what happens. And even if they yeah. just get an incremental increase right off the bat, that changes the lo- their long term uh, income earning potential. Mm-hmm. And what I would say too is that there is a gender gap, uh, a gender equity gap in salaries because women aren't asking. Mm-hmm. So we need to support each other, and and the men in our worlds need to support us too and encourage us to ask because most employers expect it. Right. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. In fact, they will often lower their starting salary because they expect you to negotiate up. Mm-hmm. To meet where they actually can afford. Absolutely. Yeah. So they may give you 10% less in the initial offer knowing that you're going to negotiate. And they've already built that wiggle room in. Shoot. Yeah. I've messed this up quite a few times, That's okay. I think. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, good, it's yeah. a good mistake to make early on. Mm-hmm. It's not too late. It's never too late. And I would tell you, here here's my secret weapon that I'm happy to tell the world. You can also negotiate in advance. So let's say they, they say, Elizabeth, our fiscal year is closed and we can't do anything this year. Then you can come back and very uh, diplomatically say, I understand that. So mm-hmm. let's be practical. When I earn, and notice I didn't say if, mm-hmm. when I earn extraordinary performance evaluations, when I do extraordinary work in this next fiscal year, I would like for us to have a contractual agreement now that my raise is built in to next year if I meet those metrics of success. And you have agreed upon metrics of success, mm-hmm. whatever that means in this role, and you negotiate in advance so in the next fiscal year you get that bump. That's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. That's brilliant right from the beginning. Because they are always going to try to say, we don't have it now. Okay, well, let's plan for it. Mm -hmm. Let's plan for it. Okay, I love that. That's good. That that that's a huge headache. So I feel a lot better about that now. I feel more confident in terms of And I I really hope that no matter what, you will Mm -hmm. ask. Yeah. No matter what. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will. I Good. will. It's I'm more, cheering you it's on more all the way. figuring out how to articulate it. So I feel better about that now. <laughs> and practice. You know, mm-hmm. find a trusted friend. Call me for sure. Yeah. But find a, a trusted mentor or an advisor or even just dictate it into your phone. Practice that conversation because it's not easy. We mm-hmm. get nervous. We feel that self-doubt. That's very normal. So you're not alone. It's not easy to negotiate, mm-hmm. but you'll never get it if you don't do it. Right. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me on Your Working Life for our real-time coaching session. I had a lot of fun, and I learned a lot from you, so thank you. And hey, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review. And let us know what career-related questions you have, and we can address them on future shows. So you can find me on Twitter at Higgins, or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.